Thank you for this worship experience. Thank you for your presence in this place. Speak fresh to us. Grant that we hear you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to lift up Pastor's scripture from the Message Bible this morning. <clears throat> I'm going to use the Message Bible. In the Message Bible, it starts at verse 32. It's a significant little chunk of reading here. Here's what the Hebrew writer says. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 in the Message Bible. He says, I could go on and on, but I've run out of time. There's so many more, Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets. Through acts of faith, they toppled kingdoms, made justice work, took the promises for themselves. They were protected from lions, fires, and sword thrusts, turned disadvantage into advantage, won battles, routed alien armies. Women received loved ones back from the dead. There were those who under torture refused to give in and go free, preferring something better, resurrection. Others braved abuse and whips and yes, chains and dungeons. We have stories of those who were stoned, sawed in two, murdered in cold blood. Stories of vagrants wandering the earth in animal skins, homeless, friendless, powerless. The world didn't deserve them. Making their way as best they could on the cruel edges of the world. For the next few moments, I want to talk from this theme, making it despite the cruel edges of the world. Making it despite the cruel edges of the world. You know, you can't read the Bible, book that has history dating back over 2,000 years and not see modernity. Different day, same problems. You can't read the Bible and not see yourself see your own struggles. And when you read the book of Hebrews, when you read this Deutero-Pauline writing, uh, simply meaning of the school of Paul, this writing here, you can't read it without reading this chapter which has been so central to the development of faith of believers. And here in this chapter is sort of the hall of fame of faith, people that have gone through. But the one reality check they make to that Hall of Fame is they don't simply lift it up to laud and applaud all those that got through without making it real. They don't act like everything was fuzzy, dozzy, perfect, no problems, no issues. They make it real. That the world they lived in didn't deserve them didn't appreciate their very existence. The world they lived in was difficult. And they lived with a world that was cruel, mean, 
rough. They lived in a world that could have disenchanted them, that could have made them easily give up on life and on each other. They lived in a world that could have easily turned their backs upon God because there were so many cruel edges to the world they lived in. There were so many things they were up against. And to live their faith in the midst of that world meant that they had to live their faith with what one might describe as was in the 60s, their back against the wall. They had to live their faith between the devil and the deep blue sea, between a rock and a hard place. They had to live the kind of faith that trusted God to make a way out of no way. And for those of you that don't understand that cultural expression, to simply believe that when there was no way, no way to make it, no way to get from here to there, that God would somehow make a way. When you got to the Red Sea with mountains on either side and an army behind you, God would make a way and open up your Red Sea, a way out of no way. lived in a world full of cruel edges and so do we and so here on this Independence Day this independence celebration as we celebrate this great nation and all that has happened and all that is has accomplished and knowing fully well all that needs to be accomplished we got to be honest we've been making it not simply in spite of I wanted a little more a little more goof, despite the cruel edges of the world. You know, back January 21st, 2013, little girl, 15 years old, Adea Pendleton, marched with President, at President Obama's inaugural parade. She was in the parade from Chi-Town going to represent her community. One week later, Hadiah was shot and killed by a stray bullet on a playground in Chicago. From the high of celebrating the installation, wonderful president, to the depths burying a child that family went. Here you go. Somebody said, Reverend, orange. Why orange? Why orange, Reverend? Well, soon after this tragedy, Adiah's friends commemorated her life by wearing orange. It's the color hunters wear in the woods to protect themselves and others. The orange says, don't shoot me, I'm human. Don't shoot me, I'm an animal, I'm not an animal. Don't shoot me, I'm not a bear, I'm not a lion, I'm not a tiger, I'm not a deer. Don't shoot me, I'm not a wild boar in the middle of the field. Don't shoot me, I'm wearing 
Each year, more than 40,000 people are killed with guns. And approximately 85,000 are shot and wounded. Please don't shoot me. I want to live. I don't want to die. I want to live. I want to be here. Please don't shoot me. I don't want to go that way. Don't shoot a gun when you don't know where the target is because bullets don't have names and if you release it thinking you're going after somebody because you're angry with them over a drug deal or you're mad with road rage, you don't know where the bullet will land because it does not care. It is a piece of metal being accelerated by gunpowder. It will kill. I don't know what happened last Monday, but I know, do know this, that Jalen Walker was shot 60 times and killed by the police in Akron, Ohio. His family's demanding answers. It's, it sparked a great protest because, because there he is. They took 90 shots at him. 9-0. His body is so riddled, they're still trying to figure out exactly how many hit because there are so many entry and exit wounds, including his face. And one of the police cams showed that in a six-second span, an officer was able to unclip his gun and put a new clip in and keep firing without a single shot being fired back in their direction. They fired more than 90 rounds at Walker. 90 rounds. Now, I didn't make this up. I had to check it because, you know, I really, I struggled with this because I, I just couldn't believe. Given the fact that that, that what happened with George Floyd, I, I just couldn't believe that. I, I thought maybe we were getting a little better. I couldn't believe, I, okay, that he was shot. I could believe that, but, but not that many times. That information comes from the police chief, Steve Maylett, who told the family, we, we live on the cruel edges of the world world can be cruel. world can be cruel. I, I, I talked about Juneteenth a few weeks ago and everybody's in an uproar. Some people who don't want to have anything related to critical race theory as a concept being taught so that people don't realize some of the bad stuff that went on in this nation prior and so now they have been put together a working group in Texas. The work group is developing now second grade curriculum, social studies curriculum for the Texas State Board of Education. Last month, they suggested using the term involuntary relocation to describe people who were sold into slavery. 
say relocation? You can't make it up. We live in a cool world. They're more worried about somebody telling the truth than how the truth will affect us all. I, I, I just, I have to tell you this. I think that when, when this writer was placing these last group of names down, He's got a point. He's got a plan here. He doesn't go in to break down. He, with, with Abraham, he tells some of his story. With Sarah, he tells her story of that late pregnancy that happens in older age. He tells a story of how one has to live by faith and how God works. But when he gets to these, in, in a big cluster, he just puts a whole bunch of names and says, you all don't know these things. And I think that he is trying to give us threefold witness. He's trying to say, you need to have an awareness of the past, an acknowledgement of what is going on so that you can make adjustments yourself. An awareness of what is and acknowledge that which has taken place and what is going on so that you can make the proper adjustments. What do you mean? What adjustments do I need to make? You need to realize that just because those persons are gone and they went through does not mean you will not experience life's difficulties, trials and tribulations and struggles and you will not go through in your own way, in your own existence. See, I think that um, I think that when people think that they won't have trouble, the first time they get trouble, they nearly lose their mind. See, your first car, when you think that, oh, this will run forever and nothing will ever happen, all you have to do is put gas and oil in it, you, the first time something goes wrong with it, you nearly lose your mind. And somebody look at us, oh, child, ain't nothing but a gasket. We can be there. But you about to lose your mind because you weren't expecting. I put my money down. I make my monthly payments. I got gas. I got oil. What else is there? But somebody older put you up on game. Look here. Just understand. This is mechanical. It is going to break down. I don't care what the initial cost is, whether it's an $80 hoopty or $800,000 to some other, you got to know it's going to break down. Don't lose your mind. And what he does, he said, let me put you saints and believers and faith folks up on game. Whether you have been saved a day or been saved all your life, sooner or later you will have to really live your faith in a world that doesn't like you. At some point you're going to have to actually live your faith in the real cruel world. You're going to have to live your faith walking around on your job. You have to live your faith walking down the streets of your city. You're going to have to live your faith on the highway. You're going to have to live your faith in the marketplace. You're going to have to live your faith in real life situations at the 
hospital. You're going to have to live your faith while standing over a fresh grave. You're going to have to live your faith while struggling with the vicissitudes of life and feeling like life is unreasonable. You will have to live this thing. And so I want to I want to give you something here. I want to give you something to hold on to because I think that I, in the next few moments, can, can do my version of putting you up on game just in the, in the next few moments. I can, I can, I can, I can school you. So let me, let me take you to school. It's class time, class time, that's it, that's it, that's it. I'm gonna take you to school right here, here it is. The, the question that I answer in the next moment is simply this. How do we make our way in a world with cruel edges? How do we make our way in a world with cruel edges? I got three things and I'm gonna be done. I'm gonna get right out your way. We're gonna go celebrate. You're gonna get yourself a hot dog, hamburger, piece of steak. Go on. Enjoy the holiday. If all my vegetarian get you ear corn, we're going to be happy. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We all going to be happy. Get something, all right? Here you go. What do I do? How do I make it in a world of cool edges? Uh, number one, through acts of faith. Through acts of faith. What do you mean, Reverend? I mean, you're going to have to live your faith. That means when you are in the midst of an impossible situation, you're going to have to learn how to trust God. When the diagnosis is not what you want it to be, your act of faith in believing God is how you make it. You, you're going to have to go ahead and walk by your faith and know that we walk by faith and not by sight. And you're going to get to the point where you're going to believe God and you're going to take that act of faith and you're going to do things that others may deem impossible or incredible. But what you will see is that if you take one step, the Lord will take two. And that if you trust and obey him, that he will see you through. So when things are going wrong, you're not going to simply toss in the towel. You're not going to simply cuss everybody out. You're not going to simply walk out and bury your head in the sand. You're going to sing that old song. I will trust in the Lord until I die. That's what they did. They trusted in God. They held on, not receiving the full promise, waiting on Christ. They held on. They kept trusting, even when they didn't know how they would make it. And I want to tell you, you're going to make it through your acts of faith. Yeah. 
I know you don't like what the doctor said, but you're going back anyway. I know you don't want to get the surgery, but you're going to get it anyway. I know you don't want to go to therapy, but you're going anyway. I know you want to quit your job, but you're going back to work while you look for a new job anyway. I know you want to give up, but you're going to keep pressing on anyway. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet. On higher ground. Number two, number three, number two, through an attitude of fearlessness. An attitude of fearlessness. I really think he was trying to give them an attitudinal adjustment. Saying, can, can I be Ebonic for a moment? What he was saying is, what's whatever you going through is not nearly as bad as what someone else already went through. And if they made it, you can make it. And you'll be able to look back over your life and say, somehow I made it. Do it all. God brought me through. Fearlessness. 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 I ain't scared. I'm not worried. I'm fearless. And the reason I'm fearless is because I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. I'm a child of the king. When you go through the waters, when you go through the fire, when you go through the flood, he said, I will be with you. Fearless. Every now and then, you got to remember, in the hall of faith are those who went into lion's dens and came out. In the hall of faith are those who went around fire and came out. In the hall of faith are those who have been trapped. But God took away the trap and gave them a trip to glory. And then finally, don't want to be too long this morning. I, I feel a little preacher up in me. Yeah. 
I, 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 feel, I feel the anointing in here. I feel the anointing. I feel God's anointing. I feel God's presence. I, I, I feel my help done come, y'all. Yeah, let me let me just give you one more, and I'm going down. I'm through. I'm going. I'm going out. I'm going out. Here it is. Here's my last thing. Here's why I know that you can make it in this world with his cool edges through an awareness of his faithfulness. I have to remember great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father, there is no shadow of turning with thee. All I have needed, thy hands have provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord, unto me, that the Lord's faithfulness has not stopped. That morning by morning, new mercies I'll see. That I have not gone far away from where he is. That he sees me at the midnight hour. That even if I may weep in the middle of the night, weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. I'm aware of his faithfulness. I'm aware of his faithfulness. I'm aware of the promise he made. Do you know the promise he made to you? I'll never leave you, nor forsake you, but I'll be with you even until the end. His faithfulness. Where you go, he goes. Where you stay, he stays. When you go through, he goes through with you. And you must believe in your heart that no matter what the enemy throws at you in these next weeks and months, that God is going to be faithful. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Y'all didn't get that word. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but our God healeth us out of them all. No matter what I go through, God is faithful. I just need to ask somebody a question. Have you ever seen God show up? Have you ever seen God show up when you didn't know where he's coming? Have you ever seen God move when you didn't know he's gonna move? Have you ever seen God fix it when you didn't know he fixed it? He is. A faithful God. Faithful is our God. Faithful. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Come on, give him a praise. I won't give up. I won't give in, I won't retreat, and I won't surrender. Sister Connie, you're right, through it all, I've learned how to depend on Jesus. Through it all, 
I've learned how to depend on God. Do it all. I've learned how to depend upon his word. And then, then the man said, I thank God for my mountains. I thank God for my valleys. I thank God for the trials he brought me through. If I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I wouldn't know what faith in God would do. Do it all. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. I was coming over with my wife and I was singing songs in the car. And one of the songs I sang was simple. My faith looks up to thee. Thy Lamb of Calvary. Savior divine. Now hear me while I pray. Take all my sins away. Lord, let me from this day be holy thine. Your faith, your faith, and your awareness of his faithfulness is what's going to get you through. That's what's going to get you through. That's what's going to get you through. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for the word. Thank you, God. We live in a cruel-edged world. We wouldn't make it without you. You keep us from losing it. Help us now to keep acting on our faith, to keep an attitude of fearlessness and to keep an awareness of your faithfulness that we might hold on even when the edges are close enough to cut us. Give us that faith that trust anyhow in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to extend an invitation. God bless you. You can go ahead and give God a praise. Let me extend an invitation. Maybe there's somebody here today that wishes to give their life to Jesus or become a part of this fellowship. If you're here now and you're in the sanctuary, I invite you now to raise your hand and say, I want to be a part of that fellowship. I want to be a part of Shiloh. If you're online, I invite you now to give me a call right now. Call me, leave a number in the office, leave your phone number. We will call you right back. If, if you want to, you can email us. Tell us I want to be a part of that ministry. I extend to you an invitation. Put your heads bowed for just a moment as somebody's making a decision. This is an important part of our worship, to give others a chance to become faithful, in their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray now someone makes that commitment. Even if you're at home, if you're driving, say, Bishop, I want to make a commitment. I want you to know today, not tomorrow, 
The Bible says the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Today is your day. Make that commitment. Say, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help me in places where I'm struggling at. No, I'm not perfect, but I thank you for your perfection keeping me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the sanctuary. God bless you. Brothers and sisters, I invite you now to prepare your gifts. If you're giving here in church, you can give through the offering envelope or and you can leave it out the door as you leave today. If you're online, we have three ways to give. You can give through Cash App, Givelify, or you can mail it in. I appreciate and applaud all of you for what you've done continuously throughout the pandemic and even up to now as we continue to keep serving God. I continue to ask you, don't forget the capital giving. Some of you committed to $20 a week to join us in keeping up with the properties and lands we have here around us. I want us to move from keeping up, which is the language I have been using before, to debt cancellation. So I want you to begin to pray with me. <clears throat> we have about a million dollars or so left of debt that we need to just cancel out. I'm asking you and praying with you. I'm asking you to pray about even as some of you are, are setting up your estates for when God calls you from labor to reward, remember your church and say, look, I want this to go towards debt cancellation. Say, put, put this, I'm going to leave this for my church. I want my church to have this to cancel every debt. I'm, I want to be debt free. Amen. Amen. I believe in God. I believe God we can do even more ministry debt free. Amen. So I'm going to ask you just pray about it as you are planning your life estate. Some of you already have been talking to your loved ones about it and you've been thinking about what God wants you to do. I'm planting a seed in you right now to do something that's a legacy. Do a legacy to your family by blessing the house of God and by blessing the ministry. Amen. Amen. As you can tell here and during the pandemic, most of you will, will remember this and you will know that throughout the entire pandemic, I have not pressured you one Sunday about giving. I just say, give it at the door. Give it online. Why? Because I have been just trusting God. I am. During the pandemic, there was so much pressure as a pastor trying to minister, trying to get things ready, trying to be here. We were ministering in an empty room. We were, we were upstairs in the uh, Garvin Chapel, and God knows it. I can't even begin to describe it. I got to the place where I said, okay, God, I can't handle this, and I just turned it all over. It was like, what I, you know, here's the thing. I thought I had already done that, but apparently I was carrying it. And I said, God, this is your church, your people. If you can't handle it, I know I can. And I just said, God, you got it. And I stopped talking about it. I said, God, if you have people in this place that are supposed to participate, prick their hearts so that they can keep my heart from having to carry it. Lord, don't make them, tell them not to make me ass. Don't make me beg. God, just get touch them, God so they'll believe me. 
So I've been trying, I've been trying, I've been just trusting God. And this has been a difficult journey, this pandemic. We lost our, our minister of music and, and we just, that was just such a great loss, Minister Lamont's passing, because he was a road dog with us. I mean, he was playing and singing. And... So it's been a long run, but I've learned how to give more and more to God. So you're gonna see me continue giving more to God, amen? You're going to see me just trusting God even the more. Amen. I just want you to know I love you all with the love of the Lord, my, our diaconate and uh, the deacon and deaconess. I always say diaconate because I want you to know that while we have wonderful deacons, the deaconess are just as precious and helpful in our ministry here. And I appreciate them, and I love all of you. Amen. So let's pray over the offering. Father, we love you. We thank you for touching us even now. And we thank you, God, for our planning for the future. And we thank you for touching the hearts of whomever you wish to speak to this morning. And God, we thank you for letting this word, however brief, be resonant in their spirit. And whatever you tell them to do, God, I thank you they'll be even more obedient. In Jesus' name, amen.